0: 18 plus pause Pause right there let's do I it. Imagine what's going on yeah. there. let's hit record <laughs> We're on, yeah
1: it's I going i remembered something <laughs> all <there>. right yeah <laughs> let's hear hey
2: welcome to the after party podcast it's uh 903 on the uh uh 28th day of march 2023 and we've got lots to get to today all of it thanks to haven poker thank you haven poker Corey, talk about it
3: yeah haven poker is an app you can download from the app store it's absolutely free you can play heads up poker against your friends against coworkers, neighbors or the power to morning show Uh, If you want to find our handles, I'm KFAN Cove. You're just hockey. You're meat sauce. You can play us and challenge us to uh, a heads-up poker. And if you uh, put in the promo code POWER TRIP in the first 48 hours, you double your initial bankroll. So it's got an adventure mode. There's tournaments. It's super fun if you like uh, poker in general. Quick heads-up matches. Super cool. Haven Poker. H-A-Y-V-I-N. Haven Poker. Promo code POWER TRIP. Boom.
2: That's right. Get it done. Let's uh, let's keep this this POWER TRIP uh, after party going. Our guest is comedian extraordinaire, friend of the show, uh, very funny man, Mr. Craig Gass. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. I, I was just saying that when you guys were in Vegas, I was asking, which one of you guys is the one that's like really lucky on slots? Yeah, that's Chris. And, uh, and, and I was saying that it's a sign of an addiction when you hear someone say, well, I got a strategy. And it's like, <laughs> it's fucking gambling. Yeah.
2: It's fucking gambling. I, I, like, what's,
1: what, what strategy do you have that's going to beat the odds?
2: I see that now. And, yeah. uh, oh, so you had a bad week? Oh, my God. Got killed. I'm telling you, man, me and all my fellow degenerates are convinced. I'm serious. We're convinced that Las Vegas has decided they can't take the chance of another um, uh, uh, coronavirus situation. So they're gonna keep as much money in their pockets as they possibly can. That's interesting. The next time they, so the next time they get on, they don't die. So you think because the machines are rigged? I'm I I well, there's a very good chance they're rigged. Wow. Yeah, they might be. I, I don't know. I don't know for sure that they are, but I'm gonna tell you, it sure feels bad and, and uh um that's not just sour grapes on my part. I, like nobody nobody was winning out there, man.
1: I will say that at the end of the I live in Vegas. Yeah. Now, and at the end of the pandemic, I do have friends who were saying Go on this like the 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 machines are looser. I think they're trying to get us to get back in because right. the machines are looser. And I was like, what kind of a weird like? I don't know. I just think it's like how how I don't know. I, I've when I started making money, sure, it was fun to throw it away on gambling for yeah, the first time. That's me and see how <laughs> that's me see how the money would actually come pouring in right. when I would hit, and that was weird until like there was a couple of real just butt fuckings I went through that was just like yeah uh, it just it sucks to lose Artie uh, who worked used to work on the Stern show sure. big gambling addict and, sports betting though for him right sports bet yeah yeah he said there was some there was some kind of a bet that you can make on a basketball game and it's it's got some weird um, label it's like uh, flash betting or something where you bet on the over and you you put in so much money that every point after the over you get another $500. And I don't know how much money you're putting in to get that. Yeah, right. right. I don't know. But he said he said it's like it's like a crack addiction. Oh. But
3: then the opposite's true too, right? If it when goes the other way, you're losing money you for every everything. point. Oh. Right. So you're wow. you're really truly betting on a line and then you get rewarded for how far over the line it goes. I don't know what that's called either, but I've
1: heard about that. Do you do you talk about how much you've won and Yeah, if I hit a big one, I do. Yeah, he's, I
3: try not he's to talk about how much- it kind of it's, yeah you you talk more in generalities yeah, i try not to yeah. speak
2: about when i lose because yeah. sometimes my wife is listening
1: <laughs> my my ex that i was with for 13 years was with me when i was getting really hot on a on a blackjack table hmm. and she got really nervous and she walked away we we learned early on that uh it was very annoying for her to sit at a table and every time i had a losing hand she'd go
2: oh what oh. the
1: fuck are you right yeah. Yeah. Oh. like she like yeah. It it or like I lost the hand, I got another one coming. Don't make sounds yeah. like that. Don't freak me you know? out,
3: man. Gamblers right. should not gamble around non-gamblers. Right? Correct. You got to be surrounded by Correct. people that understand that you don't win every spin, you yep. don't win every hand, you yep. don't win every roulette spin. There's down turns and you got to survive them. And non gamblers do just put that anxiety in everybody else's head. Yep. Yeah,
1: that's a, that's yeah, a no go. Yeah, when you already take a big loss on a hand oh. and you have somebody next to you making sound effects, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's tough. Don't so do she, that. So she saw Maybe that you I was,
3: need a break.
1: She she <laughs> saw break, I was getting Craig. really hot on a table, and I went to the table limit. And when I went to the table limit, oh, yeah. she got up and walked away and said, "I'm going to go." All right, I'm, if I lose more than two hands in a row, I'll come find you.
2: That's what you got to do.
1: Yeah. I won $24,000, <laughs> and uh, I, I go to find her, and I go, uh, I, I see her walk around the kids and I go, babe, I go, I just won $24,000. She goes, you're kidding. And I go, no. So listen, <clears throat> here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, um, I can't cash this all in at once because then they'll make me fill out a, a, a tax thing. So I'm going to give you a few thousand dollars, then I'm going to take a few thousand dollars. And she lifted her hands up and said, I don't want to do anything illegal. And I go, put your, f- put your hands down. Put your hands down. Babe, every camera in this casino is looking, put your hands down. We're just going to catch it. She goes, I don't want to be part of a scam. And I go, it's not... Put your <laughs> up. This is scam. not a scam. Oh, I'm yeah. just going to, we're going to yeah. break this down a little bit at a time. Yeah. If, if we if we cash it all in at once, I'm going to lose part of it yeah. to taxes. We're just going to, and she goes, all I want is a cup of coffee. And I said, we can have $24,000 worth of coffee right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That was our first, uh, like uh, probably uh. only fight, but uh, but that was our, yeah, Oof. that was a big big misunderstanding. So, so you went in, you didn't do well. Not this, this time. Week.
2: I normally do really well. I, I really do, but it's been kind of a bad year for the old Hawkmeister. so he needs to put himself in timeout. Um, did you, by the way, I, I think I probably asked you this before, but were you close to Norm Macdonald at all? as we're talking about gambling?
1: You know it's funny? Norm and I had a funny story at in Las Vegas. Um, Norm was nice to me, and um, he loved impressions. He actually did an impression of my old roommate from here, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg, He used yeah. to do an impression of Mitch, and he loved impressions. Um, the first time I even knew that Norm knew who I was, Artie told me about him and said that they were working on some show and that Norm came in and was, and was raving about me. So the next time I run into Norm, um, he, uh, he was just so, such a nice guy. We ended up doing a show at the House of Blues in Las Vegas. That place holds, I want to say, somewhere around 1,400 to 1,800 people. And... Uh, I, I go out on stage to get ready to open up the show, and this guy walks up and says, uh, hey, I'm the host. Uh, what do you want me to say about you? And I said, "I ah, just, you know, King and Queens, uh, family guy. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm nervous. And I go, yeah, it's, it's a big crowd, it's sold out. And he goes, yeah, it's my first time. And I go, it's your, is it your, your first time in front of a big crowd? And he goes, no, it's my first time doing stand-up. And I was <laughs> like, how'd you end up in this gig? And he goes, I, uh, I'm a bartender here. And I always wanted to do comedy, and uh, um, I w- like we get the schedule like six months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that Norm was Norm's my favorite comedian of all time, and I've been campaigning to my bosses like I want to, I want to host, I want to, and like a bunch of people that work here took the night off. They're in the crowd watching. Oh me. my god! And I said, but oh, but you've never you've never done like you haven't gone to any open mics at all. And he goes, no, this is it, this is
2: my holy definitely. crap. And, I
1: go, oh, and you're you're so you're gonna go out and this is your first time ever attempting anything. And he goes, yeah. And I went good luck and he walks out and oh. it goes exactly the way you think you think it's going to go and he does this amateurish thing that you do when you first start doing stand up which is he physically leans into a punchline and there's nothing there oh, <laughs> oh god and the crowd is just staring oh, at him flop sweat. and it's yeah he's starting to stammer oh. you can see sweat in his pits oh. and at one point he makes another huge amateur mistake when he goes well, maybe you had to be there. And a guy <laughs> in the hot oh. row of the upper balcony goes, Maybe you aren't funny. And that is the biggest laugh of the night so oh far. And I remember oh. even Norm McDonald was standing behind uh. me and goes, Man, I fucking I feel bad for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, don't make fun of him. You know? don't 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 uh, and I was like, all right. But I still walked out and grabbed the mic and he goes, All right, please welcome Craig Gas. And I grabbed the mic and looked at the crowd and went,
0: Okay. Because <laughs> you have to do you something. Yeah, you, to have you, you, you have to acknowledge. You can't not
1: acknowledge it. Like yep. if someone in front of you bombs or if some someone in front of you just murders, you can't just pretend like that didn't happen. Correct. Or if you or if you're following just a casual Chris Rock or a casual Dave Chappelle site, right. you can't like you have to acknowledge, like, look, I, I wanna leave too and get a picture with him right yeah. right like I, I can't right yeah. you know that's the worst when you walk into a club I remember one night going to the comedy store and I, I had like a eleven thirty spot I get in at 11 o'clock and Chris Rock's on stage Whew. and the place is going nuts and and one of the managers came over and said Greg Chris Rock And I go, yeah that's fucking awesome and he goes um we don't know how long he's gonna do He'll, he might do 15 he might do an hour but as soon as he gets done he's gonna say all right, I'm done. Please welcome Craig Gas. And I went, oh, my, oh, what
2: my God. Holy what a terrible fucking segue.
1: What a terrible segue. There's
3: a part of you that has to think, this is so fucking cool. Chris Rock's going to introduce me. But the professional in you knows that you're walking into a trap, right? That that's going to be well, so impossible to follow. think about how
1: much you love Chris Rock. Right. Yeah. And hearing him say, that's like walking into a music club here in Minneapolis. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, we had somebody who wanted to stop by. Please welcome. The Rolling Stones. And then Keith and Mick come out. <laughs> right. They start doing songs. <laughs> right. And you're like, what the? Oh, my God. And start me up. And it's yeah. satisfaction. They go, all right. You want some more? Yeah. All right. Please welcome Corey Feldman. <laughs> 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 what? Oh, no. No. Don't, well, don't what, get off the stage. What era of Feldman? Like his old shit or his... <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with that guy. Man. It's funny. I went back and listened to our last podcast so I could make sure not to repeat material. And, uh. And there was stuff that we talked about. First of all, I was talking about Guns N' Roses and then I said something about Alice and Chains and you said that's my top 5 all-time favorite band. Was it Alice or was it GNR? Uh, Alice and Chains, yeah. Alice yeah, and yeah. Chains. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cuz I did a tour with them, um, opening for them on a on a on a tour like 10 years ago. Really? As their opening act. Yeah, I, uh, there's a bunch of musicians who've always been really cool to me. They've let me open up shows for them. At the end of the podcast, we're literally Heading to the end, and you said, all right, one final question. And this was a can of worms that you dropped on me in the last question. You said, has anyone ever not liked your impression of them? And I said, dude, I, that's a whole and, – and there's so many answers to that. First of all, a guy who just passed away, Richard Belzer, put me in the worst spot ever – when I got asked to do my first roast. It was a roast of Richard Belzer. Oh, my oh gosh. And Richard likes me so much that he not only invites me to do the roast, he has me sit at his table for dinner before oh the my. roast. Oh, boy. And in the middle of dinner, he goes, Chris, get Chris, get over here. Do you know Craig? No, sit, here, sit between me and Craig. Come, come, Chris, get over here. I look up. It's Christopher Walken. Oh, my oh. God. Christopher Walken walks over, sits down. This is a, a table with prepared meals at every seat. There's a stake at every seat, right? Walken sits down, and his body language is very closed. He starts cutting his stake. Belzer is talking to him, and Walken's not even looking up at him. And I hear Belzer go, okay, hey, listen. I know a lot of people do an impression oh, of you. Shit. Oh, shit. But you no. got to watch. And I went, oh, no, 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 Richard. He doesn't, he doesn't want it. He, doesn't <laughs> oh, want it. And he goes, no, no, it's okay. God. It's okay. Just Chris, Chris. Will you look, Chris, oh, look at me. Oh. Look at me. Okay, now look at Craig. All right, Craig, oh. do your thing. And Walken... Threw his utensils down and said, "Go ahead." Oh <laughs> I, my god! And he's just staring at me, and I went, "I don't know if this sounds like you or not, but <laughs> what I try to do is I try to sound as weird as possible, and then I say the word cowbell, pow." And <laughs> walking just stared at me and went, "Wow." And then he went back to his food. <laughs> Jesus. And then Belzer kept getting me to do more impressions. And he goes, hold on. you got to hear him do his uh, Lars Ulrich. you got to hear him do Adam Sandler. He's making me go through all these impressions. At one point, he says, do you remember Sam Kennison?" He's making me do Sam Kennison at <laughs> dinner. Oh, my God. And I was thinking, I don't even know if you know this guy. But um, I used to do a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and Walken just stopped and went, listen. <laughs> I get it <laughs> You're talented Good for you And I was like I'm not doing this He's the one that's doing it So but, he was impressed But not he's yeah. He was done yeah. with it He was in the not weirdest interested. mood oh. And you can Dude I've done I've had moments like I remember uh, You know Over time Like don't you guys Go into situations Where Have you been in a room Where one person In the room is a huge fan of yours, and nobody know, else knows who you are. I, I've yeah.
2: always said, dude, that's radio in, in general for us here. Yeah. If we sit at a table with 10 people, four of them know who we are, and two of them think it's a big deal.
1: Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. then those two people will try to explain to the other yes. Yes. Like yes. why they should be excited, <laughs> yeah, right. and you're just sitting mm. there going, please shut the fuck <laughs> up. Yeah, don't. Please shut the fuck up. Come on, please stop shut doing up. this. Right. Because it's, it's so over time, you start to learn – what situations work and what 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 situations don't? I'm a guy who does voices. You know, I've always been able to do uh, impressions. Uh, family Guy. You know, now back on Howard. And there's moments where people go, "Oh man, just, just do some impressions. Can you do something?" I was like, "No, this is a funeral. Like you yeah. can't." You. Yeah, like, right. There's moments that, that oh. just it just doesn't apply. Yeah. I was backstage at a Guns N' Roses show, and I'm, I'm I'm running out the door. They're about to play Paradise City, which I know is their last song, and. I'm racing to beat the traffic. And I'm running backstage. I see people I know that work with a band. I'm like, dude, put this album on your bus. Here, put this on your, put on your bus. Yeah. And I'm handing out my comedy stuff to everybody. And then as I'm about to run out, I pass by a door for the opening act, Lenny Kravitz. And the dressing room door is wide open. And I go, oh. and I knock on the door. There's a bunch of people hanging out and drinking. I go, hey, um, my name's Craig Gass. I'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian. They go, oh, get in there! You're a comedian, get in here. And I go, I just want to give you something to put on your bus. If you want to put this album on your bus and just uh, and they go, well, tell us a joke, man. Tell us a joke, and I go, die, nah, nah. i just, but I'm really funny usually. Um, so it just, just listen to this, and I'm gonna have like, go, wait, 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 just tell us a joke. And I go, well, I, I do impressions, and they go, well, do an impression. And I go, uh, you like Tracy Morgan? And they go, love Tracy Morgan. And I go, all right, uh, here's a quick Tracy Morgan, and then the guy goes, wait, hold on, hold on, Shh. hey, this guy's about to do something funny. Oh my and God. All these black people turn around oh my without gosh. hearing this is going to be Tracy Morgan. Oof. They just see a white oh. guy oh, standing no. there going, This is making me horny. I'm going <laughs> to put a baby in your butthole. And they go, What? <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, Wow. What? And the albums were sitting on the edge of a <laughs> table next to a garbage can. I know when I walked down the hallway, they were like, Right. Um, yeah. 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 Craig,
2: we haven't even mentioned it yet. Why are you in town right now?
1: I'm performing in New Hope. I'm doing six shows uh, at New oh, Hope man. Cinemas Thursday through Sunday. It's all at cinemagrill.com. Cinemagrill.com. I've seen
2: you there before. I love that place as a comedy. I, yeah, I, I you've played there yeah, before, haven't that. you? Yeah, yeah, you've done that great, before. Yeah. You're doing stand up.
3: Yeah. I used to, yeah. Give him your target no, bit. No,
2: no. Oh, no. see no, see what he just did to him?
3: Yeah. yeah see what no, he just he wants no. him to do his hey, bit. No, do Christopher Walk in asking for his
1: target bit. Listen, meat, I'm begging you. <laughs> you gotta do it, Target
3: bit. <laughs> no, it's not funny.
1: No, it's uh, not I good. can ask one more time. Who should I do it? How about Al Pacino?
2: Sure, yeah. Uh, how about How about Gene Simmons? Then I'll. Oh, uh, he loves your Gene, your Gene Simmons is the best. Meet it's Gene Simmons from
1: Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was another can of worms uh, that we opened dude. up right as I'm walking out the door. <laughs> yeah, I have to tell you, there's a series of fights uh or just heated moments that I've had over the years that when you asked me has anyone ever gotten upset with you uh because of your impression of him and I just told you one sentence that Gene Simmons was so annoyed by my impression of him that he <laughs> got on a plane and flew to New York to confront me live on yeah, the air on the at the, the Howard show. Stern show yeah, yeah i've seen it and yeah. uh, <laughs> and it it led to this bizarre relationship which pulling back The guy who taught me how to do this Gene Simmons impression is a guy named John Bianelli, who works for Aerosmith, okay? Okay. John, 25 years ago. We've been friends uh, most of my life. He says, um, if you want to do a Gene Simmons impression, watch Benjamin Netanyahu. It's the same voice. Hi, this is Benjamin Netanyahu (laughs) from Kiss. (laughs) It's the same same voice. Really? So I start uh, doing this impression. And uh, my friend who teaches me how to do it. Lucky Land
0: Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere. Playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's how we
1: communicate with each other. Every time we call each other, <laughs> he'll pick up the phone. and <laughs> go, hello. Hi, John. This is Gene Simmons <laughs> from Kiss. Hey, what's up, Gene? Not much. Listen, I hope you don't mind, but Errol Smith's entire catalog is available for forty nine ninety five at KissOnline.com. Oh, that's great. Well, this weird thing happens... 15 years ago when Kiss and Aerosmith put a package oh, tour yeah. together. Yeah. And John, he saw that. At did you see it here? Yeah,
2: I uh, Target Center. Uh, uh
1: yeah, I did yeah. I th-
3: was it at the, or was it the That State was the Fair. one I went with you and Star. Yeah, no, oh, I did not oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Yeah, that right. right. was yeah, you yeah, and I saw crew. I saw Kiss at uh, yeah, the right. State Fair. Right, yeah. that's
2: right. Yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So well, we have this uh this relationship that's that's kind of grounded in this uh ongoing uh, inside joke that we talked to each other is gene simmons john is in the front office of vindaloo music which is aerosmith's management office when a receptionist says hey john it's for you and he goes yeah put it through and he picks up the phone and he goes oh no hello hi john this is gene simmons from kiss <laughs> and john says what's up you fat jew bastard and there's a long pause and he um, hears I'm sorry? And there's, oh my God. and there's another long pause, and he goes, Craig? And he goes, no, it's not Craig Gats. It's Gene Simmons <laughs> from Kiss. Oh, my God. Listen, I have a question for Steven. And he went right to his question. Yeah. Oh, my God. Didn't even bat nine. That's yeah. the greatest That's such a great mistake bit. of all time. Yeah. Even better than that is that as I start doing, <laughs> as I start doing the impression on the Howard Stern show, uh, and fucking with the music guests. Every time music guest comes in, I'll interrupt them and go, that sounds great. And it reminds me of a new promo going on at kissonline.com. It's only 220 days until Kissmas. <laughs> go to kissonline.com for your great Kissmas toys. Are you Jewish? It's only 212 days until Hanukkah. Get your Paul Stanley uh, Harry matzah balls at kissonline.com. Okay. And so, yeah, so it was just this ongoing joke. Um, that ended up attracting all these people who work with Kiss, and they all started like uh, sending me uh, books they had written or <laughs> notes like, "Hey, I got a story for you. I got a story for you." One guy I know who works with another band, Red Hot Chili Peppers, is recording an album with the band, and he goes, "Dude, uh, I'm in a recording." The guy who owns this recording studio we're at is a huge fan of yours. Can I put him on the phone? And I said, "Of course." And this guy goes, "Dude, I love." all of your impressions, uh, especially your Gene Simmons, because Gene was the first guy to ever fuck me over. He, uh, <clears throat> he, he showed up at my studio about 10 years ago, and he was producing um, an album for a new artist. And at the last minute, Gene wanted to switch into my largest facility for the same amount of money. And he said, did you get my message? I want to use Studio A. And I said, I did. I actually called you back. I don't know if you got my message, but someone's using that studio I asked him if they would switch and they said no. And he goes, Do they know that Gene Simmons? Oh my God. From Kiss is here? And he goes, You know what? If you want to ask him, you can, but I'm not going to ask him again. He goes, All right, we're studio A. And he goes, It's all the way down the hallway. It's the last door on the right. Gene Simmons goes walking down the hall, opens up the door to studio A, looks inside and sees the Wu Tang Clan recording an album, and then slowly closes the door, comes back up to the front and goes, <clears throat> Right, we Studio B. He never (laughs) even opened his mouth to the fucking Wu-Tang Clan. that's great. The all-time best uh, story I got that I was like, I don't know if I can tell this, was the guy who said, I've been working with Kiss on and off for for over 20 years. And before Gene got married, he hooked up with Miss America while we were on tour. It was the reigning Miss America of that year. And Gene hooked up with her. Mm. Did I ever tell you that story? No. The next night... Gene hooks up with a whore, a girl that is such a mess that even the guys in the road crew went, Jesus, did you see that? <laughs> the next night, they're ha- they have a day off in a town that's so small that the band and the road crew are all staying in the same hotel. Okay. Typically, the band will stay at a Four Seasons, and then the road crew will stay at another hotel. But there's only one decent hotel in town. So this guy's telling me from his point of view, he said, I was in the bar of this hotel when Gene Simmons came walking through, and he's dragging this enormous girl with him through the <laughs> lobby, gets in the elevator, pushes the button to his floor, and then looks at me through the lobby and then folds his arms and goes, Oh yeah. Bing and then the door is closed. <laughs> and he said he said the next day at soundcheck, he walked up to Gene and he goes, Gene, did you hook up with that girl last night? And he goes, Of course <laughs> And he goes, Gene, didn't you hook up with Miss America the night? And he goes, Steve, Steve, listen to me. I'm gonna give you some valuable advice, okay? You can't have filet mignon every night. Sometimes you gotta to go to McDonald's. It's the worst
0: <laughs> advice one man
1: can tell another man ever. Well,
2: so, you know, by the way, you know somebody uh, in Red Hat Chili Peppers? They're here Thursday night.
1: Yeah, at uh,
3: at
2: the at the U.S. Bank, right? Or maybe X? I don't know.
1: I don't
3: know, but don't they're right. in town We've been day.
1: promoting it, and I'm not
3: yeah. listening. Yeah, no, maybe I know. It maybe yeah, it's but... the X. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah,
2: it's next
1: week, isn't it? Are you sure it's this week? Oh, well, it's Zach the 8th. this it morning. April 8th. Oh, is it okay? Oh, I, think I, I think it's I was April 8th. It. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe. He said yeah. this morning it was this week. I met the drummer of the Chili Peppers. There's a couple weird stories there. The
2: guy who looks just like Will Ferrell? Yeah, Chad Smith. Yeah, Chad Smith. Yeah, I met
1: him through my friend Mike, who's the guitarist of Pearl Jam. Mike came down to Vegas You're friends
2: with Mike McCready?
1: Yeah! Holy shit! Yeah, I've known him. He's actually in my comedy special. He shows up to show me how much better his life is than mine, <laughs> <laughs> and it works very well. But yeah, uh, Mike is—he um, was in Vegas for some. He was—he was coming in. Oh, it was for his birthday. His birthday. Aerosmith uh, was doing the residency, so Mike flew thirty of his friends down from Seattle to um, get them all tickets and go see Aerosmith for his birthday. And that dude, Chad Smith, was with him. And Chad and I started talking, and and he knew who I was. And I said, well, if you ever want to go to a comedy show, and he goes, yeah, I'll give you my number. So he gave me his number. And that was five years ago, maybe six years ago. The Chili Peppers are performing in Vegas last summer. And I was, I was like, you know what, I'll just... And I text him and I go, hey, Chad. And he instantly went, hey, what's up? No kidding. No idea who's texting him. And yeah. I said... Hmm. Oh, shit, hey, it's Craig Guest, the comedian. He goes, oh, hey, dude, what's up? And I was trying to get him to come to uh, a comedy club or something. He's like, oh, shit. He goes, we're flying out right after the show, so I won't be able to hang out. But do you want to go? And he hooked me up with tickets. And wow. I, but I couldn't believe it. But um, Flea, I remember my friend Dave, who was the guy who put me on the phone with the owner of the okay. recording studio. He goes, I don't even know why I'm telling you the story. I should not be telling the story. But he said that um, this is a terrible, terrible story. Oh, about I can't the wait. Please. This is a god-awful story oh. that- Um, according to Flea, um, my friend Dave said, uh, goes, this is my friend Craig. The guy does all the impressions. He goes, dude, do your Gene Simmons. And so I'm doing Gene Simmons for him and Flea just stared at me and he goes, I fucking hate that guy. And I go, Oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, 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 that was good. That was good. That was, that was actually really good. I just, I just don't like that guy because he, I actually have a history with him. And he said that when his guitarist died, Hillel, yeah. his original guitarist, yeah, drug, that Gene that, yeah. walked up to him at an event. Oh. God. And according to Flea, said, um, are you Flea from the Chili Pepper? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, you're the, um, uh, your guitarist just passed away, right? And he goes, yeah, he did. And he goes, but he was, it was from drugs though, right? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, then I have no sympathy. If oh. you would have told me my guitarist walked out, got hit by a bus, I would give you my condolences but you know what he picked his path and he deserved what he got. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't surprise Yikes. me dude. Wow. Yeah. Did, did you
2: hear Kiss on with uh, stern right before you I were did. on? I did. I was
1: watching in Australia.
2: Dude, <laughs> he is he he you know his whole thing about his mom and he wouldn't do that to his mom, he wouldn't do drugs because he's been given this life. That's his position man, he ain't got it but why you got to walk up and say that to somebody? Yeah, I don't odd. know. Well, yeah.
1: Flea had a story about he said years later we got nominated for Grammy uh for uh Um, I think blood sugar, sex magic. And he said, we got invited to this Grammy event at the Beverly Beverly Hills hotel a few days before the event. And we were seated at a table with Gene Simmons. And he said, my current guitarist, John had for some reason, eight sticks of gum in his mouth. He had this huge (laughs) wad of gum and he was sitting there watching all these speakers that are going up and somebody made a really corny joke that no one found funny, except for John, who went... Ah! And this giant wad of gum flew out of his oh. mouth and landed in Gene's wig. Oh,
2: my God. And
1: and he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And Gene went, don't touch the hair. And he got up, and he just left. He just walked out of the event. <laughs> he had all this gum just stuck oh my God. right in the middle. Yeah. Jeez. So, again... I don't think that's going to help me sell tickets to New Hope. I'm just... I don't even know why. Like, sometimes... Do you ever, like, get in Dude. a spot where you're, like... You start to say something and you go, Oh, I probably shouldn't It's too say late this? now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember that guy, John. Uh, I brought John and Anthony and then two guys... This is terrible name-dropping. Uh, two guys from System of Down to go see Dave Chappelle the day he got back from Africa. He, he wanted to go on stage and yeah. talk about his experience of being in Africa and running away from Comedy Central. And... Years later, I run into John backstage at a System of a Down show. And I go, oh, man, uh, I'm Craig. I'm the comedian that brought – and he goes, oh, yeah, oh, wow, dude. And we start talking about comedy, and I said, you know, Dave, my buddy who's your guitar tech, told me the funniest story about you. And he goes, what's the story? And I start telling the story. And then halfway through, I'm realizing, oh, shit, I don't think I should be telling you this. Yeah, like, right. this is not a flattering story. Mm, right. And the story was that John was doing a solo album. Dave is in the back just setting up gear. And he's going to have Macy Gray sing on a track and they're just shooting the shit. And Macy goes, Hey, where are you living at, John? And he goes, Oh, um, I live at, uh, Chateau Marmont. And she goes, you live at Chateau Marmont. he goes, yeah, yeah, I live there. And she goes, how much are you paying? And he goes, it's like, um, like $2,000 a night. And she goes, Oh my God, honey, you need to get a house, like save your money, you know, invest in some property. And he goes, yeah. Um, but fortunately it's really cool. Cause, uh, I'm really rich <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm telling them the story, and I'm like, how do I edit the end of this?" And I just stopped and said, "And um, according to Dave, I threw my buddy Dave under the bus. yeah, right You said, it's cool because I'm really rich." <sighs> and John goes, "Oh my God." Mm-mm. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I wasn't even nearly as rich as I am now. And I was
2: like, holy that's a flex. shit. Who, who's yeah. John, what's John's last name? John, that's Prashanti. Yeah. yeah, okay. Shanti, Got you. All right. yeah. I wondered if that's what you were yeah, talking about. Really yeah.
1: nice guy. We have
2: to turn left, though, because there's no bigger fan of System of a Down than this guy. I
1: love System. Yeah. So really?
2: who, who are your buddies in that band?
1: John and Shavo. John Domayan is, well, all the guys have been supportive of me. I've actually opened
2: for System of a Down. That's got to be hard to open Whoa. for music, man. man it, it is. because How many bands have you opened
3: for? That's a. have been to a billion concerts. I don't think I've ever seen stand-up comedy before rock. That's
1: got to be a tough crowd. It's the worst crowd. It's the dumbest idea that uh, you, you become friends with musicians and you want to be one of the guys. Yeah. So the first time I threw my hat in the ring was 20 years ago. Metallica was going to do a special event in New York at the Bowery Ballroom. It only holds 1,000 people. Right. And I called Lars, who was a big supporter of mine, and I said, uh, hey, man, if you guys had any balls, (laughs) you would let a comedian open up your show. And he called me back. I still have the message on my Mm. my voice while it's just boop. Hey man, it's Lars. I uh, That's great. got your message and yeah, dude, come down. I talked to James and Kirk and some of the other guys. Come down and do a couple 15-20 minutes of whatever the fuck it is you do. Huh? Huh? I think Meat's laughing because I the last time I was in here, I told you this horrifying story about Lars how uh, my whole family, and this is not a joke, yeah. this is a true story, my whole family is deaf, which is how I learned how to do voices. I mm-hmm. I couldn't learn how to talk for my family. I learned how to talk by watching TV and copying all the voices I heard. And when Lars introduced me to his band for the first time, he said, hey, man, this is Craig. <laughs> This is the guy who does all the voices and check it out. His whole family is retarded. Not retarded. <laughs> they're
0: fucking dead. Happen. Jesus
1: Christ! You are fucking my story up. But anyways, um, when Lars um, uh, said yes, come down and you can open for Metallica. I, out of fear, I developed a way of opening for bands, which was I cheat by and there's video of me doing this in an arena opening up for Motley Crue on their farewell tour. If you Google my name and Motley Crue, you can see I walk out on stage and I tell the audience, good evening. My name is Craig and I am Metallica Soundman. (sighs) The band has some very important announcements. And then I just start making up bullshit that's not (laughs) happening. (laughs) And I start putting in some jokes. You may have heard some rumors, and it's true. Metallica is recording. Our first ever live album right here. To, ah, ah, so I need your attention. I need your attention. There's a proper way to yell on a live album, so we need to rehearse this. And they followed every stupid instruction Holy. I gave them, and that's what I did with, uh, with System. But that guy, John Dolmayan, I remember doing a show once in a small club in New York. OzFest was in town with a day off. A bunch of bands came out to see me at this club. And there was a table that was like a seven-dust table, just all seven-dust guys. Another table with Disturbed. It was all the guys from Disturbed. Another table with all the guys from System at it. And I ate it that night. And as I was walking off stage, I I walked by every table and I was like, hey, sorry about that. And and they're like, no, man, you're great. And I walked by another table and I was like, hey, sorry. That fucking sucked. (laughs) No, dude, you were great. And when I got to the System table, I go, hey, guys, sorry about that. John said, come here go outside and John walked me out and he goes you know why tonight sucked I'll tell you exactly why tonight sucked dude first of all you didn't start with impressions he starts going through my whole set Hmm. and everything he said was a hundred percent spot on that guy and I again this is another thing I shouldn't say but John uh I won't say the artist but um John and Shava got invited to this guys this is going to give it away to a guy's castle okay. <laughs> to listen to their new album that they had just written and are about to put out. Right. And this guy plays an entire album. It's a massive band. And he's playing all the, the whole album for, for this group of fellow musicians. And then afterwards he goes, what do you guys think? And people were like, Oh man, it's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And they're all walking out and kissing his ass. And John is just standing there in the corner with oh, Shabo. No. And the guy says, John, I noticed you haven't said anything. And he goes, you want me to be honest? <laughs> oh, Jesus. And he goes, yes. And he goes, don't put this album out. Ooh, wow. He said, I oh. would not put this album out, and I'll tell you why. And he went blow by blow why he didn't. So now, John is my guy when I do the Howard Stern show, yeah. when I'm doing a roast, I will call John and go, hey, can I run these jokes past you?
2: No and kidding. Because he's going to be
1: honest. He will say, wow. that sucks. huh?" And holy shit, do you need a friend like that? And it's... And he's like, he goes, bro, he goes, I'm not saying this to hurt your feelings. And I go, I know. He goes, I'm saying this because I love you, and I want you to be the biggest comedian ever. Yeah. So I, I want to tell you if you suck. So I- I'm not going to, so yeah, I fucking love that guy wow. because of that. But um,
2: again, uh, this week, uh, let's give the dates again. When are you going to be and where are you going to be?
1: I'm at the uh, New Hope Cinemas. It's cinemagrill.com, cinemagrill. It's
2: pretty famous around here. People know uh, pretty well. Up in, yeah.
1: up in New Hope. Yep. And uh, I'm doing six shows this weekend. Hockey is a tough guy to read uh on text. It's like reading the tea leaves. I feel like when I come in, I'm like, god damn, this fucking show is perfect for me and I'll be like, I want to come back like for sure. And then I'll be like, "Hey, did you want to hang out?" Uh, can't do Monday. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "All right, how about uh you want to do a, like I, and I didn't realize you guys were in Vegas. So I was like, "Oh shit. I um uh all I want to do is a continuation of everything that I've told you. I've got like a log in my head of like right everything we've done, and and stories I never finished. And the Gene Simmons was one of them because that story goes on and on as recently as a few years ago where I became friends with Kiss. It's the weirdest thing. Like, we are we're we all know each other now. Uh, Paul Stanley, I found out, according to people who work with Kiss, loves when anybody makes fun of Gene Simmons. That would make sense. Yeah. And, that would to me. I, and... Uh, I ended up going on a KISS cruise where I went from uh, irritating Gene Simmons and becoming friends with KISS to now doing something that made the KISS fans, the KISS army, hate me (laughs) more than any member of KISS ever did because I I was on the KISS cruise. It's 3,000 of the biggest KISS fans from around the world. Sure. I meet a girl on the cruise who's the cruise director. And she's really upbeat. She's peppy. She's the Julie McCoy of the KISS cruise. Of course. And she says to me, um, "Oh my God, you're the comedian. You're the guy who does the the voices with the Family Guy." And oh, do you want to do a funny announcement on the ship tomorrow morning? And I went, "Oh, fuck yes." Is who's going to hear it? And she said, "Well, if you want, we can flip a switch, and it'll get piped into every cabin." And I said, "Flip that I know exactly what I want everyone to hear." The next morning, three thousand of the biggest Kiss fans <laughs> in the world woke up to Bing Bong. Hey, everybody! This is Paul Stanley. <laughs> and this is gene simmons (laughs) from kiss (laughs) and we have a very important announcement do not panic but we have a very important (laughs) announcement friends of mine on the ship said they were walking around the ship and that people were looking up at the speakers and smiling Until the next line, which was, we've just hit an iceberg. (laughs) Which, keep in mind, when I said we've hit an iceberg, we're in the middle of the fucking Bahamas when I said that. There's no reason for you as an intelligent person to go, this ship's going down! This ship's going down! We're in the middle of the Bahamas. But do not panic because KISS is going to take care of everybody. We actually have three... we have the platinum package five thousand dollars we'll put you in a life raft and you'll have your own private photo taken with kiss then we have the diamond package isn't that right paul that's right the diamond package for ten thousand dollars where we'll throw you in the ocean with tommy and eric and then kiss will float by on a raft
0: in a Private acoustic show.
1: everything i said was stupid uh. But apparently, two or three of the passengers on the ship actually ran to the employees and said, is KISS going to charge us to get off the boat? <laughs> they actually believed mm. that KISS was going to charge them to get off the boat, which is insane. And um, over the years, uh, everybody has come out to share story. Mike has a story, McCready. He, um, uh, we hung out at a sound check once, and he introduced me to his drummer. His drummer, Matt Cameron, has a story about when he was 15 years old, he played in a KISS cover band. And they called themselves... Kiss! They actually had a they they called some kiss. They were 15 years old and once a month they would perform at somebody's house and they'd put out flyers all around school. They'd go like, this Friday at Chris's house <laughs> at 8 p.m. Kiss! It was the logo, Kiss, and here's Chris's address, here's Chris's cross streets. 8 p.m. Kiss is performing at Chris at, at Chris's house. And he got a letter in the mail. He was 15 years old. He got a letter in the mail from Casablanca Records, which at the time was yeah. Kiss's record label. And he goes, holy shit, we're getting signed. We're getting signed. So he called the other guys in the band. He goes, dude, come over here. We're gonna open it together. I think we're getting signed. We got a letter from Casablanca Records. All these 15 year olds came to the house. They opened up the letter. It was a cease and desist. Oh, Jesus. They were 15 years old. And they, they got a found cease and out desist. somehow
2: that they were using the name Kiss. From, wow. Yeah, wow. It's,
1: it was Incredible. amazing. But, uh, but yeah, dude, I, I am just constantly in my head thinking like, there's so many stories that I've never gotten around to with you guys that I wanted to get to. And I always wanted to ask you, like, for mm. comedians that come in, mm. you guys like having comedians on. We have maybe five.
2: Ever? Yeah, yeah we don't yeah. have very many.
3: It's, it's, we were actually, we were just talking about this yesterday yeah, because we next Monday we're having Kelsey Cook on because she oh, lives no, here, shit. she lives here now and yeah. she just sold out a week at Acme or whatever, but, uh.
1: I think uh, Kelsey moved to Minneapolis. I thought
2: she.
3: Uh, I think she's dating a Minnesotan yeah. now, Chad yeah. Daniels. I don't know if you know Chad Daniels. Yeah. yeah. No shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So
3: mm-hmm. I think that's the case. But my point is, is so we were just talking about the, uh, this on the show yesterday. You're you're easy because you're self steering, right? And you have impressions and stories. I I've always struggled with comedians because I don't know if I'm supposed to like go late night talk show where you walk them right into a bit, right? Uh I don't know if I'm supposed to just try to get them to be as funny as possible or just interview them about the craft. It's like a weird spot to try to require them to be funny
1: when it's uh, seven in the morning. They might not be that funny. Yeah, I, like
2: plus, I don't want to blow your act. Right. You, don't you want know to what I mean? Make like, it, well, a lot of kids
1: have that mentality of, like, well, I don't want to give up my good material for uh, and, and have them come out of the show and hear it again. Right. Which I understand that.
2: But, um, you know, dude, uh, not to interrupt you, you know who. Um, um, really, I think ended having a lot of comedians on our show for me anyway. Not to speak for you oh, guys, I but I love this. Was uh, um, the, the comedy bit from David? Uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, the guy who was on uh, um, Arrested Development. Um, David oh, Cross. David Cross. Yeah, where he just talks about how much he hates doing radio interviews, and it's funny, and it's a great bit. And it's a perfect point. It makes great sense to me because oh, yeah. you guys have to go into the Z 100s of the world and go, "Hey, make us laugh," you know. And and uh, I'm sure that sucks a lot um, for comedians. So we don't do it very. Uh, in fact, I think we have a rotation of maybe five. Yeah, it's, yeah. At it, the it's most. a lot of local
3: ones. Like we love Cy Amundsen, Mary yeah. Mack, Tommy Ryman, yep. and again, Kelsey and Cooks you. coming in. And yeah, it's no we don't, yeah. we don't. Yeah, and we're all huge fans of stand up comedy. I love stand up comics. Again, my Instagram feed is. It's more stand up comedy than ass models, right? Like, because the algorithm it's knows that I like stand up comedy. Wow. Yeah. It's real. That's close. A state, yeah.
0: but it <laughs> that is a statement. That is a statement.
3: But, but it's the tough. I, it's, it's, yeah. it's,
1: it's tough to do. Have any comedians come in that just swung and missed that? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, so uh, again, I'm not throwing individuals
3: under the bus, but way back in the Power Trips day, uh, 10 plus years ago, this yeah. was when Star was stolen, yes, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. We had this kind of running deal with Acme Comedy Club that, like, basically the weekly headliner would come in. So most weeks. We would have, for a half an hour, whoever was headlining Acme that week would come in on a Thursday or Friday and just kind of shoot the shit. And, I don't know, Hawk, what would you say? Maybe one out of four would crush.
2: Yeah. And shoot. the other
3: three would be like, ah, oh, man, their act might be good, but this is just not working yeah. for radio. Yeah. And we, I couldn't tell if it was our fault. Again, that whole, like, dynamic of, are we not leading to them correctly? Are they just not funny? Or are, are they holding back their best material? Yeah. just I'd say seventy-five percent of the time, it just wasn't working. Yeah, it
2: didn't work, and and we were building something then, and, and that we continue to build, where, um, you know, um, we have a, a consistent cast of characters
3: who yeah. are with
2: us each day, and it's di- a little bit different every day. I mean, we're all four always here, but on Mondays we have these guys come in yeah. on Tuesday, we, and so we have our group of people that we feel like know how to do the show, so we try not to um, take too many chances. You yeah, know, it's,
1: it's interesting because that's um, uh, comedians. Uh, the the I love asking radio people who's your favorite comedian you've ever had on and why and who are your least favorites you've had on and why and you hear the same people come up in both categories and you also hear the same issues huh. which is what you just said like they they don't want to burn their material or their um uh or they, they don't don't feel like being funny or um or they just in general don't understand the format right yeah you know it's which not is easy, sure. which is bizarre but um but are there any comedians that have ever come on that you just thought. I don't know much about this guy, and they just blew the doors off the place. That you were like, "Oh, he shit. does
2: that for us a lot." Because, like, what's your buddy who uh, we did the bit about uh, his dad selling me a house? Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Ryman. Tommy Ryman. I didn't. I'd never heard of him until he brought him Tommy in. Tommy Ryman.
3: It's, so I know he, the name. Local guy. uh He sold he, you a house? No, no, I, no it's no. a bit. It's a bit. Uh, that yeah, he does. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But no, but so it wasn't a bit. But that was the thing is is he he blends into the show so well. He just made us fucking lo- yeah. like cry laughing because of how quick he is. But local dude look him up if you get a chance yeah, Tommy great. Ryman's hilarious so but yeah I saw him at at the mall of america open up for somebody I don't even remember who the headliner was some random night like on a Wednesday in front of like 50 people and he crushed oh, yeah. shit my wife was crying laughing I was crying laughing I'm like we got to get this guy on the show then then it turns out he went to a diner with a guy yeah. that works yeah. On this station. So, like, it was a very great easy. Dude. Yeah, great dude. We love Tommy Ryman. Mary Robin, Max so. a good,
2: uh, good, been a yeah. good friend of the love show. Love Mary Max.
3: It's, it's so funny because I remember
1: from the first time I did your guys' show, it was the first time I started to realize, and it was it became a moment that became symbolic of what happened over the next 10 years, which was that sports radio was starting to take the place of what rock radio used to be. hundred In terms of just guys hanging out yeah. and just shooting the shit. Um, i i got nervous thinking that uh okay i got to do as many sports stories as possible right. and i have them i go to the Super Bowl every year and i interview the players every sure. year and I, i've had funny moments with uh big name football players all for years and uh but instantly i realized it was just a hang and i started to notice all the other sports fam- formats starting to do the same thing yeah, right. um, around the country but It's, you know, you also hear legendary stories about your friends when you come in and ask like, what comedian, like I've heard so many Tracy Morgan stories from Mm. people about how he, man, he came in and he like, he groped one of our salespeople and like, you know, (laughs) like Mm. one of my favorite entertainment business stories of all time is Tracy Morgan. I was opening for Dave Chappelle at Caroline's and and Chappelle is rolling out. Clips of this new show. This is 2001. He's like, I got this new show called The Chappelle Show, and I oh. want to play you some clips of it. He, he would do, he did four or five Mondays in a row where um, uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite was opening for him because Bobcat directed the early episodes mm-hmm. of Chappelle Show. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. And I'm getting ready to go on stage, and uh, uh, this agent runs up to me and says, uh, Hey, did you hear about that party last weekend? Did I hear about what? And he goes, Did you hear about the fucking party last weekend? Oh, what party? And he goes, Tracy Morgan had a party that turned into a fucking orgy. What? And he goes, turn to a fucking orgy. We're all standing around with our suits on, and there's naked people. Fucking. And he did it with two fingers, like, touching each other, and I went, fucking like that? He goes, oh, no, like this. Okay, like this, like this. And, and then Tracy Morgan comes around the corner, takes off all his clothes, starts jumping in. And I go, what? What? When was this? And he goes, last Saturday night. Right at that moment, Tracy Morgan walks around the corner. I haven't seen Tracy in probably a year at this point. I looked over, and I went, Tracy! I heard your party was fucked up, man. Tracy Morgan rolled over and just eyeballed me before he finally said, it was crazy. (laughs) It was crazy, Craig. You know what's crazy about it? When you get off on my floor, you don't even hear nothing. You don't hear nothing at all. Then you start walking down my hallway, but you still don't hear nothing. Then you knock on my door, but you still don't hear nothing, right? And when I open the door, there's buttholes and toes everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I remember just because I'd never heard that phrase before, I said, "Did you just say buttholes and toes?" And he went, "Yeah." Before he added, "Some of them toes were in the buttholes." That's one of the most magical stories I've ever heard in my life. Is that so-
2: him or is that his character?
1: He's it's funny you say that because I've always thought of him as a guy who speaks in euphemisms. Like, I think he's doing kind of an act. Yeah. You know, Chavo um, was obsessed with that guy. Like I would every time I'd have a run in with Tracy, I would tell Chavo about it. And one night Chavo was in New York and SNL was doing a live show. And I said, um, you want to go to the party afterwards? And, you know, it starts usually about two o'clock in the morning. And he goes, fuck, yeah, let's go. So we go to the party. And as soon as we walk in, I saw Tracy Morgan and Chavo goes, bro. Bro, you gotta introduce me. And I go, I the guy's kind of unpredictable. And he goes, You gotta introduce me. And I go, All right. Tracy, hey dude. Hey man, I don't know if you know who system of a down is. Um, this is my friend Shavo. He plays in the band. He goes, That's my bobo. Mm-hmm. That's my bobo. And I go, Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever well, that means. Yeah. Listen, uh uh Tracy, Shavo, Shavo, Tracy, and they and he goes, Bro, I'm a huge fan of yours. This guy's always telling me stories about you. And they go, they go walking down the hallway. It's it's a bar. And I go on this side of the bar, and Shavo and Tracy are on this side of the bar. And then like 10 minutes later, there's an explosion of sound. And Tracy Morgan jumps up, and all I hear is, I'm talking about Africa Bombada, bitch. And I was like, what could that possibly be about? Like, yeah. So they got into some crazy conversation that that ended with Tracy exploding like that. Oh and, my God. But to answer your question, I do think it's like, it feels like. He's a character, right? You know, yeah. Um, before he got famous, whenever Tracy Morgan was in a social situation with comedians, there would always be one comedian that would look at you and go, "You ever try to talk to that guy?" Well, there is always that <laughs> right. some weird mystery of right. like, "Guy's kind of weird," right? And but I think he's brilliant. Oh my god! Because yeah. uh, the stuff right. he says, he has all these euphemisms, but it's but he, he I think he's a brilliant guy, you know. But yeah. man, if um, is Tracy Morgan going on tour? I feel like he's going on tour soon. If he comes know. here, that's a guy you should have. So if a comedian mm. comes on yeah. and wants to come into the show, are you more likely to put him on the podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah,
2: and I'll tell you why. There's a good reason for that, too, because there's nothing worse than the flow being interrupted by commercials. And True. And we work for iHeartRadio. I was going to say. a fuck play a fuckload of commercials. Really? Man. How long oh are your my breaks? God. Like, what's, what's a typical break? We have break? one at the bottom of the hour. It's 11 minutes long. Oh, okay. And right. so we get three breaks an hour. we got so many interruptions. We come on the podcast, and we can record the entire thing and use parts of it on the actual broadcast. And,
3: wow. and swearing. Yeah. And swearing. And, yeah. you know, and, and just yeah. more freedom. Yeah. So yeah.
2: it makes it makes more sense for us to do it like this and just let the um, the podcast happen and then use it on the show later.
1: Yep. Well, yeah. every time I've come in here, it's been a blast. I mean, uh, from as a guy who does radio around the world, this is one show. That stands out as a, a shockingly freeing show. To and I'm talking about the terrestrial side of it. Right. I remember just being surprised. I remember actually just pushing because I felt like you guys were encouraging me to be as fucked up as possible. Right. And I so I kept pushing and pushing to find a line, and none of you were were like stopping me. Right. Right. And I remember just thinking like, what the fuck is going on with this <laughs> show? Like, <laughs> That's who kind are these I appreciate people? that. Thank you. And That's I, nice. I I loved it. And um uh you know um. Uh, as I uh, travel around the country and I see there's a sports station, I I hope that I can find a show that's similar to this where it's it's just guys hanging out. Go ahead. Well, Finish that thought in a second, because first we got to take a quick commercial break, yeah. <laughs> and we'll be right
3: back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, we'll, we'll see you in 20 minutes. You, you know we're all big fans of Howard Stern and stuff too. So two things: when Kiss was on like a month or two ago. It did take me a second to realize that it was actually Gene Simmons cuz I'm like are they just having Craig fuck with us or is this mm-hmm. actually Gene and then obviously I saw the videos I'm like okay so I thought that was funny that even on my freaking dashboard when it says kiss yeah I still was skeptical until I realized it was actually Gene that's number number 1 and then number 2 I don't know if it was a, was it last week that you did Tom Arnold on that show Yes yeah um so when Howard does the door knock bit yes. right Yes yeah does he know the bit like or does he just know, hey, Tom Arnold, like, does Gary Flash, like, hey, Craig's going to do Tom Arnold, or he's got to, like, how much does Howard know what you're about to do? It's
1: it's similar to what I've described over the years about uh, when he was on terrestrial radio, we're all passing notes back and forth to sure. each other. yeah. Except uh, now, we're passing notes back and forth to each other about, like, uh, wouldn't uh, Sam Kinison say this right now, or wouldn't... Um, uh, Mike Lindell from My Pillow say this. Wait, you do it a Lindell too? Yeah, I just uh, I hear that uh, at obsessively, at some point. and to get him down, I watched a, a documentary about <laughs> Lindell that was fucking mind-blowing where he actually says, I used to smoke rock cocaine uh, I used to smoke crack cocaine in uh, downtown Minneapolis, and uh, uh, friends of mine would come over and smoke crack with me. And I, but I'm well versed in the Bible, you know. I would always talk about the Battle of Armageddon, you know, and uh, and people would just leave, you know. And I'd be like, Gee- if I was smoking crack cocaine with you all night and you kept talking about the Battle of Armageddon, I would run for my fucking life. But we'll send notes, mm-hmm. and um, and then um, when comedians when we when there's a pile up of like, or he could say this, or he could say this, or he could say this. Then it's like, all right, and then they'll send a note to Howard. Hey, uh, uh, Tom Arnold wants to say the following about this this thing. But just like a bullet point, so he doesn't just get a the point, whole like, sketch. It, his angle, Got his it. angle. This is what Tom Arnold's angle is. And Tom Arnold with everything is just an extreme. Uh, Hey guys, it's uh Tom Arnold and uh you know, you guys are talking about uh baby aspirin. But if you're like me, you take one baby aspirin, next thing you know, you're jerking off 10 guys in a helicopter. You don't even know how you got there. Am I right? Are you like me? And it's like, it's just the most extreme
2: shit you can possibly
1: think of. It's like, uh, you know what? You, sure, uh, you're sick. You need the Dyquil, right? So you do one night of Dyquil. Next thing you know, you're masturbating in the parking lot of a 7 of Eleven, a right? In your underwear. Am I right? You know, it's like, no, Tom, no. And it's like, and I, I feel yeah. terrible because uh, Tom really is this incredibly nice guy who really, when it comes to recovery, he really does help people and he he goes out of his way to help people. But, but that's, that's, and it's, it's exciting what's going on. Cause like when I saw you guys a year and a half ago or two years ago, I was just getting reacquainted with Howard and we were starting to do bits here and there last week. He had me sit in for a week. Uh, for a full week, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is great!" Um, so, then, so you, so you, don't do it from Vegas though. You fly to New York. No, everybody does it from home. It's all virtual. Yeah, so yeah you can I, stay in Vegas the whole way. I've been traveling around the world with a suitcase just in case, and it's like a uh, this uh, hard case that looks like it should have nuclear codes on it. Yeah, and it's got microphone equipment. It's got a sure microphone, mm-hmm. Ethernet cables. So, um, you know, and I keep an eye on the news, and and I'll say, uh, hey you know Al Pacino was just on doing how funny would it be if we did this with Al Pacino right. um, and then they either run with it or not or they'll come to me and say can you can you learn how to do a, a Gilbert Gottfried impression and then and they'll give me a day or two to you know and then wherever I'm at mm. at the moment that it's approved then I get up early in the morning and you know or if I'm on the other side of the world I you know whatever time it is mm. I just did an, I did my first arena tour uh, 2 weeks 3 weeks ago um across australia and new zealand opening for uh russell peters wasn't my shows it was russell peters oh that's awesome that's how was that super cool it was crazy um it it was just every night and by the way i had only been on an arena stage opening for uh metallica system of a down motley Crue, so i was scared to death walking out and it took me a moment to go oh shit Nobody's on coke. Like I, I was right. like, yeah. I didn't yeah. even sure. And they're listening.
2: They're here for comedy. They're
1: here for comedy. They're actually. Whereas, you know, when I go out and open for a band, I'm just scared to death. Oh. Like, like people are going, "Who's this guy? What the? You know?" And I would be the same way if I sure. go see Metallica. To, that first show that I did with Metallica when I when I opened for them. Lars was promoting me on K Rock in New York and saying, By the way, we've got your friend that's gonna come down and do a couple jokes and, and I go and I texted him and said, Don't don't tell people, man. I don't want because if people arrive like you
0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Comedians going to open up the show. I feel like there's going to be, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna, let's kill him. Let's just yeah. murder him. Let's throw shit at him. And Lars is like, dude, you're overthinking it. I'll just, I'll get on stage first. How about I walk out on stage and I'll say, hey, Metallica's about to kick your ass in about 30 minutes. <laughs> But first, I'm gonna bring a good friend of mine who's gonna tell you some jokes. And I was like, "Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> that is the worst intro." Oh. I have a friend who's going to tell you right. some jokes. Yeah, it doesn't right. even sound no. like up No, yeah, right. it just sounds like my they friend. They met someone. My, my friend Meet yeah. is yeah. gonna just tell right. you yeah. some jokes. Huh. I mean, that makes no. Yeah, it sounds like they just met yeah. somebody. Yeah. yeah, scared me to death. And I, I just uh, so when I did these shows with Russell Peters, I was I was floored at how patient the audiences were and um and yeah we were doing like um uh sydney was twenty two thousand. there holy god crap. Damn, dude there was one night we did and we did perth was the last date of the tour and the night before our show jimmy carr did a show in the same building yeah. great That's that, guy that guy's hilarious man monday night in perth australia jimmy carr sold fourteen thousand tickets. Jesus! Yeah. and apparently he had the same promoter that we had this guy bohm um Uh, Bohm Presents, and uh, the promoter said that in a four-week run of dates in Australia, um, that Jimmy Carr sold 250,000 seats in a four-week run. Holy moly. It's crazy. Last summer, I started up this tour that I'm doing right now, which is the Where Have You Been Tour. It's all new material that I'm doing, like I'm doing this weekend at New Hope. And uh, I started in Providence, and down the street from me, Bill Burr was doing a show at Fenway Park. Oh, my gosh. First Mm -hmm. comedian to ever do a show at Fenway Park. Wow. Sold out. And it was, uh, it's amazing how huge comedy is right now. And it's it's inspiring. It's great. To see your friends, like... Showing you a path of like this is how you can do it, this, this is how you can sell dying. tickets. So, hey,
3: by the way, do you who does the dice impression on Howard? Is that you?
1: I don't know who does the dice. God impression. damn, is that good? There's too. a couple of impressionists, uh, that they use that I don't know who they are. My is friend it,
3: is it good though that every time I hear a good impression on Stern, I just assume I'm like, you, God, I wonder right. if that's Craig. It's gotta yeah, be there's Craig.
1: A, there's a guy who, um, uh, tagged me in something and said, Hey. I love your uh Alex Jones. And I do an Alex Jones, but that's not me doing Alex Jones. I did an I Alex I could see
3: that. That that sounds oh. a little bit like you. That I, I makes sense.
1: A, I did an Alex Jones in my I did an audition for SNL uh 3 or 4 years ago and the whole thing was narrated by Alex Jones who uh <laughs> had um uh and uh, just for anyone who doesn't know if you don't know who Alex Jones is, Alex Jones is a uh, conspiracy theorist who uh First of all, it has a voice that sounds like a grizzly bear fucking a backpack. It's like this, <laughs> like it's it's the it's almost too masculine. And he has a show where he looks you right in the eye on the internet. He looks you right in the eye and goes, "Don't trust the don't trust anybody. Do not trust anybody." And then um, he'll try to sell you some fucking vitamins yeah. or like you know. And I've seen him say crazy shit where he says, Ladies and gentlemen, the government's lying to you. I know they're lying to you. They say there's over 200 bones in the human body. I've counted! There's only seven. <laughs> Anyways, I got this new butt cream I want to tell you about. And, like, you know, and um, so I've been doing an impression of him, but that's not me okay. doing the impression on Howard. But, but again, the relationship with Howard is growing. Awesome. He had me sit in for a week last week, and he, he, he already hit me up to do another week in May. So um, it's kind of crazy. I was really flattered uh by the the questions last time i was in here because you guys are like dude we, we love howard which you hear a lot but the questions you were asking i was like oh wow these guys really love Howard.
2: Yeah, we yeah. love radio man. Yeah. yeah we so, really do yeah. uh, me too yeah
1: as a guy who does voices the the ability to just add layers of sounds to the uh, theater of the mind yeah is my favorite thing to do yeah. in the world and um yeah i uh uh, I just love coming on with you guys and, and uh yeah, yeah when you come fun, out man. it's it's all new material at new, in New Hope this weekend. It's uh six shows, cinemagrill.com, and I got a lot of new shit to get to that I'm that I'm excited about. Now so. how can people follow you on social? What are your handles?
2: Getgas.com is the one I'm on right now. Getgas.com uh, get has the S's.
1: links to all the social okay. media and two then, S's, yep. Yeah, two S's and it's at uh Craig Gas Comedy at Craig Gas Comedy with two s's. And there's crazy shit if you go through my Instagram. There's just uh I'll post something ran- without saying what it is. I'll just post a random thing and say um because I've learned that if you say, "Hey, you know, this is what you're looking at." People go, "Oh, fuck that guy." But I'll say right. uh hanging out with some fellow Seattle Mariner fans um uh at a sports bar uh, who have a cover band. Yeah. And people go, "Is that girl jam and like wow is that you know it's just a video on stage with mike watching him play at wrigley you know no big holy deal. crap man yeah and, that's uh, so cool but yeah wow at, you'll 30th, see the
2: 31st the first and the second at new hope uh Cinema grill craig gas uh get that's with two s's and of course uh craig gas comedy and uh, on social media dude it's always great to have you in i admit i'm a terrible uh um texter uh you know what it was but
1: dude but for me and my insecurity i was like oh man what did I do? Like, uh, I genuinely <laughs> thought, like, I did something bad. And no, I was we love like, having you on. Oh, dude, it's yeah. always funny. Like
2: I said, you're you're a very um, one of the very few we have on. It. And also, there's a very good chance I either am asleep or just getting ready to walk on stage myself. So I just try to get it done so you don't think I'm ignoring you. But...
1: You know what? You know who that reminds me of is Cantrell is a man of few words. And then his texting is exactly like uh, how he is in person. Um, and I can do an impression of jerry's texting when i got the offer to do the tour for allison chains i i just landed in new york and i had this message saying hey my name's so-and-so i represent allison Chains. we want to offer you a tour to be their opening act and i sent him this text like dude i just got a phone call from this guy his name is blah 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 he says he's with this management company and he wants to offer me a tour with allison chains and he says he wants to do six weeks across the country is that true and he just wrote yep and i was like oh my god that's fucking like amazing <laughs> <laughs> like he's just he's just yeah. a man of few words and um uh so
2: he's a genius too as yeah i i uh. get
1: very uh i overthink things and think like oh man i don't think i'm coming in and um and and it's literally when i left here last time two years ago huh. i said i want to come back just to do your show uh. so uh, thank you. Well, uh, well just so you know, we'll yeah, always have you in. Yeah, always yeah, fun. We appreciate thank it,
2: man. You. Thank you very much, Craig Gas. Again, uh, don't don't forget us. getgass.com, two S's and uh, Craig Gas comedy and New Hope Cinema Grill the thirtieth, thirty first, first and second this coming weekend. I'll see you out there maybe on Saturday night.
3: All right, cool. And, you, uh, and, and my apologies that Christopher Walken never got to hear Sauce's uh target bit. Yeah, That's, sorry about that, man. Yeah. That was a tough yeah, break. Yeah, we could have done something. Tough with break that, it for Walken, man. Could have
2: been your man. big break. Saucy, Saucy, that it could have been your big break. Christopher Walken wants to
3: hear some. Uh, One whatever. of my friends wants to tell you some jokes. That's the jokes
1: is- that make everybody horny. What's,
3: who's your friend? Uh, his name's Paul. Uh, Meat Sauce Lambert. And he does stand up comedy. He's got this great Target bit. You want to hear it? Is it racist?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear it. I
3: know Tracy. You like Walmart. Oh, shit. but he doesn't. A- I got a
1: stack of Walmart actually, gift cards now.
3: Actually, could you switch your bit to a Walmart bit for Tracy Morgan? Yeah, let's hear what
1: you got, Meat Sauce. <laughs>
3: And here oh, with his Walmart it. bit his sauce. <laughs> do you ever walk into a Walmart for socks and leave with Home Alone
1: Two on Blu-ray? <laughs>
0: To laugh, look at you. Thanks, that's Tracy.
1: A, that's a decent joke. See? Yeah, thank you. And there it you ain't go. even racist. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to
2: tell you one story real quick. I won't go into the details, but you talking about uncomfortable situations. Let me tell you my uncomfortable situation. Please, The guy on the air down the hall right now is a guy named Paul Allen. He's the voice of the Minnesota Vikings. He's a national treasure. LeBron Holy James
3: shit. called him a national treasure on Twitter. LeBron James called him a
2: national treasure. He's the shit. He's, he's really great. He's at what he's phenomenal. He, does. he really is. But he's the weirdest person I've ever met. Socially,
1: he's just awkward. Just period. Okay. I was Embraces taking a crap. his awkwardness. I was taking yep. a
2: crap in the, down in the stall, and I looked up, and he was looking over the stall at me one time. I mean, we travel together, obviously, for the Vikings game, so I've seen a lot of weird shit from this guy. Here's what he did to me one time. Um, so I sing. I love to sing. And Paul comes to some shows, which I really appreciate that. And this was Coach Mike Zimmer of the Minnesota Vikings, who was the surliest, meanest bastard ever, right? And we were doing the pregame interview before a game, before we got on the plane to leave. And after they finished the interview, it's me, Mike Zimmer, Paul Allen, and Bob Hagen, who was the PR guy. Just four dudes in this, Zimmer's office. This
3: is year one, right? So this is is this I, is Zimmer's this is the first time I'd ever met. Zimmer's
1: first year.
2: Yeah, Zimmer's first year. First time you've ever met this ever guy. Ever met the guy? Yep. He's a surly, and I'm, and uh, <laughs> PA goes, "Hey, hang on one second, one second, one second. Hold on, hold on, one second. You got to hear this guy sing. You got to." And and Zimmer looks up at me like. <laughs> and, 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 and eye and, roll. Yeah, right. And Paul's like, "No, I'm serious. You got to hear him sing." And I'm like, "No, no, that's you know, it's completely fine. No, no, you got to hear it. You got to hear." This it. is exactly
1: Just, what we're talking about. These awkward moments where it's oh, like okay. it's
2: not going to fit, and you know it's not
1: going to fit, and the audience doesn't care.
2: And right? they, yeah. Zimmer, did, Zimmer's the, not
1: interested.
3: The audience is but, Zimmer. But we're he getting a to go play a football stop. game.
2: And he he finally goes. Zimmer finally goes like this. He finally goes. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, the only. Fucking song out of a million songs that I know, the only song I could think of was "Faithfully" by Journey. (laughs) (laughs) Faithfully by Journey. So I, I go, Highway Run, and I sang the first verse and chorus to faithfully to Mike Zimmer in his office. Three dudes, and he goes like this: He goes, "That's pretty good, right?" And so we walk out, and here's the best thing for me though: is we walk out. And we're walking down the hallway and I am just flop sweat. I'm just, I can't believe I, what, oh shit. And PA goes, who's your boy? <laughs> who's your boy? No! Who got you to sing for Mike's over I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's my, yeah, that's my flop sweat moment, man. Wow.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I I'm, that's, that's a, I, that's such a relatable story. I will never forget a man looking over at you in a, in a stall, taking a poop. That, that's <laughs>
3: a national treasure. That, a national to treasure James. was
1: watching you poop, and I don't even like in that moment. What made you think to even look to go? Did you have a feeling like I had a feeling somebody was watching me. Looking at me? Well,
2: and somebody I heard somebody come into the bathroom, and then I heard nothing, and then I just looked up, and he's literally like this. And, w- and what, what we've debated
3: me. for years is is did Pa Hawk shoes, and then realize oh that's Chris under there, or does he just fucking gamble? Yeah.
1: Or does he just peek over stalls and it's like, that's oh, his Chris thing. is here. And, and was there in that moment you're, you're – because I – okay, this is what I imagine. <laughs> Every once in a while in your life, you are in a public bathroom. You're, you got to pee really bad. You grab the stall door. You open up. Someone's on the toilet. Right. And I feel like we both have the same face, which is <gasps> – oh, like, yeah, we're both right. – like, that's yeah. the person on the toilet. That's me. We're both just like, oh, my God. So in that moment, you look up. You're obviously (gasps) yeah. Does he make a joke?
2: Oh, he just smiles at me. (laughs) Wow. He's just smiling. Yeah. He's looking over and he's got something Buffalo Bill. And then he left. He didn't say anything. He didn't. By the way, he didn't say a word. He just left. Yeah. Wow. Oh, dude, I can tell you so many stories. Holy crap! Some that I can't even tell on the air. I mean, had you ever told that poop story before? Oh Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really?
3: We've told it on the air a thousand (laughs) times. And then
2: and then Paul has. um, Oh listen. I've, I've had to check Paul's butt crack for shit when he shit himself during a game one time. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've, he's, he's the weirdest guy ever. I, I don't love think him,
3: LeBron knows any of this. I, no. I
2: love this guy, and we all do. We a massive respect he's for this great. guy. He's and the, the, the weirdest and he's person the best, I've ever met. He's
1: the best at what he does, too. Yes, there's he's no doubt I like that all of you... Are agreeable to he's great, he's a legend, but the only stories you're sharing with yeah. me are yeah. the opposite and, of yes. legendary.
3: And wait till I turn the
2: mic off and tell you yeah. the real stories. Really? <laughs> okay, but don't you
3: don't you relate to that a little bit in comedy? You just said Tracy Morgan's super fucking weird, right? Is is, yes, is, is is in radio, I think we've learned this over the years that like sometimes the awkwardness and the uniqueness makes you special. He is the weirdest guy I've ever met, but he's so good at what he does. It, that the weirdness kind of adds to the legend, you know.
1: Like I, I think at least. Yeah, and and uh, comedians are socially awkward. Like I, 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 I again, I feel like I shouldn't say this, but David Tell, uh, I always felt like was on the spectrum because he always insults you when he sees you, and I mean insults you like as a like, and uh, until a friend of mine pointed out, like you know he's just kind of weird. You got to let him insult you. And then, uh, and then if you just if you just stay in the pocket and continue talking to him, he'll stop and start having a normal conversation with him. Which I used that advice the next time I saw him. David Tell was standing in front of a comedy club that we're both going to work at, and I uh, and I said, "Hey, Dave, what's going on?" And I had a phone in my hand, and he goes, "Hey, phony," and I go, <laughs> "I go, hey, what have you been up to?" And he goes. Not much. What have you been up to? And he started to have a normal conversation. And I was like, wow, that was actually some great advice. Hmm. And I mean, I've seen him uh, do that to Chappelle. I've seen him do it hmm. to like, he's just, it's kind of awkward socially. And you learn that about people, which is why this tour I just did with Russell Peters was so cool. Because Russell loves to hang out and, hmm. and socially he likes to, ha- he loves to tell jokes. And every ride was uh, to a venue or to the airport was like, Talking about our favorite comedians and our favorite jokes, and that's what I thought stand-up was going to be. Yeah, but comedy is loaded with people who are anti-social people, and they don't hang out uh, mm-hmm. like that, you know. And it's that that threw me for a loop. And there's there's stories that I right, listen. I know we already said goodbye, but can I just share one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, please. Norm MacDonald was a huge fan of Rodney Dangerfield, and he he told me a couple of stories about Rodney. One of which was hilarious, and the other is funny. But just bummed me the fuck out. Um, the first time Norm ever met Rodney, Rodney showed up at a at the improv in, on Melrose in Hollywood. And Rodney showed up straight from his wedding. He had just gotten married to his <laughs> wife, Joan. And he showed up in a tux. And Norm is still an unknown comic. And they go, ladies and you know, gentlemen, we have a special guest who just got married. Please welcome... Rodney Dangerfield the place goes nuts Rodney goes hey I just got married Hey and then everyone's cheering and he goes there's my wife and his wife is standing in the middle of the showroom in her bridal gown oh everybody stands up and gives her a standing ovation and Norm said as the crowd starts to settle down Rodney goes yeah she's no prize and he's <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney's the best. And he he had some joke where he's like, you know, my wife, she said to me, you and I have so much common. I said, really? I don't suck dick, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And he's saying that while his wife is still standing there with her hand up like, what the fuck? So that story makes me laugh. But then Norm had this other story that really bummed me out that he got to know Rodney and they became friends. And when when, um, Rodney came to do a hit on Weekend Update and Norm was hosting, Norm told me this really depressing story about how um, every Saturday night, I don't know if you know this, Saturday Night Live does a a two-and-a-half-hour show at 8 o'clock in front of a live studio audience, and um, they are still looking to see what works. It's a a two-and-a-half-hour show from 8 to 10.30, and then they take a one-hour break and they do a show at 11.30 that's only 90 minutes, and that's the one that goes live on TV. They cut out the fat. They cut out an hour that doesn't work. Is it a different crowd? Different crowd. Different. Okay, yeah. I was going to say it yeah, almost so, has wow. to be,
3: right? So you make sure you get fresh laughs.
1: Yeah. So July and August, when they uh, distribute tickets to come to Saturday Night Live, you you'll either get tickets for the two and a half hour show or the live show, which you can look at it both ways. Like right. yeah. I'm there for the live one, or I get to see an extended one. Uh, if you're a fan of the host or whatever. So Rodney is annoyed when he finds out he has to come to the eight o'clock uh, rehearsal, and he's like, "I know my jokes. I'm just going to come in. I got my jokes." Mm-hmm. Why do I have to do a rehearsal? And Norm goes, well, you know, it's it's the way we do it. You know, we're still, you know, we might add something to it, you know, but we got to do a rehearsal in front of a live audience. And then he said that Rodney just slumped in his chair in in, um, Norm's office and just said, "Eh, it's all shit. This whole thing, Norm, it's shit. Movies, TV, it's all shit. Comedy. That's what we got. Comedy. That's all we got. And then he said they sat there in silence for two minutes and Rodney Mm -hmm. goes, yeah, comedy shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which bummed me the fuck out. I was like, how Jeez. do you get to be that sad when you are that much yeah. of a legend? Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I, I love the story, but I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand it. My mm-hmm. comedy comes from a happy place. I love people, and I'm a grateful person, uh, so I don't get it. But... I am a fan. I'm a fan of these unhappy people all around me. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll be sharing the love uh, this weekend in, in New Hope. And uh, uh, thanks again for letting me come and tell stories. You guys are such Anytime, a great man. audience, man. You're ah.
2: such a great fucking audience. Well, you're hilarious, man. We love you. We yeah, appreciate thank it. you. We'll yeah, see you again soon, okay? Thank you. Thank you, man. With Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.